Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 265. Y'all ready to go? Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, insert weird fact about Pat, he... Wait a minute, what? Oh. Oh, I get it. (laughs) Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the SPI Podcast. I'm really excited to bring back two people, an amazing husband and wife combo who have been on the show before, episode 122, which was actually published back in August of 2014. That episode has more downloads than when Gary Vaynerchuk was on the show. It has more downloads than when Tim Ferriss was on the show. And the reason is because Shane and Jocelyn are just, they were just two people from Kentucky who had discovered the SPI podcast. Shane was all about it right from the start. Jocelyn, not so much. But they talked about their journey, about how they've taken these strategies on Smart Passive Income, put them into action, and have since built this amazing empire. And Shane is, uh, was a foot football coach. Jocelyn was helping librarians and teachers. And they've been able to build these massive online businesses, passive income businesses, in those industries. And now they've since also built out what's called flippedlifestyle.com where they talk a lot about what they've been able to do. They also have a podcast where they, uh, in a very unique way, uh, walk new people who are in this world of online business through the process based on what they've learned. And actually they're here today to teach us, that's me included, how they've been able to grow and expand still with advertising as one of their primary ways of getting new eyes and ears on their brands. So we're gonna go right into advertising right now, something I'm really looking forward to getting into now that I finally have my own products as well, and I know a lot of you are building your own products out now too, or you might have your own products already, and you just wanna get some more eyes and ears on it. Well, Shane and Jocelyn have some very specific strategies to share that's working for them that may work for us as well. So let's get right to it. Here they are. Hey guys, what's up? I'm so happy to welcome back Shane and Jocelyn Sams, our spectacular guests from episode 122 way back in the day who are back 
Shane Jocelyn, thank you so much for coming uh, back on the show. How are you guys doing? Hey, we are great, Pat. Thank you so much for having us back on. Yeah, I, I, I'm so excited to be here the second time because I remember when I started my online business, I was like, if we could just be on SPI once. And now we get to do it twice. Now you so get to do it like, twice. <laughs> this is double a dream come true, baby. You know I think I, mean? I think when I mentioned your names and people were like, I don't know who that is, but then they heard your voices. If they've heard that episode, they would recognize your your uh, voices because they're just so <laughs> right. distinct. But also your personalities. I mean, that's one of the things I love about you guys. You're just so lovable, and it's just so great to see how far you've come. So if you haven't listened to 122 yet, that is by far the uh, one of the top most downloaded episode. I, I I think it's actually the top download that uh, downloaded episode that's not from like a Tim Ferriss or a Gary Vaynerchuk type right, person. Right. Uh, and wow. in, in my eyes, I feel like it's the most inspirational because um, you told a story about how you found the show, uh, the Smart Passive Income Podcast, and took some ideas that you had and, and ran with it. And now you guys, like, t tell us an update. Like, how well are you guys doing right now? If you could share just kind of the, the barometer of that. Yeah, we're doing pretty good, um, to be honest with you. Like, I, I, we, don't, we don't ever like to toot our own horn because that's just like, it makes us uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like, um, you know, we've made a lot of money in the last couple of years and we've just had thousands of people buy stuff from us online. And, you know, we just, uh, the, the big barometer for us is our new home because, uh, for those who may not be familiar with our story, like when we decided to do online business, we knew that we had to do a drastic change and we actually sold our house and downsized into a smaller house that had half the mortgage just so we would have enough money. Uh, to start our online business and to get this thing going. And we lived there for like almost four years. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And then recently we just bought a 30-acre estate. Jeez. And we have like, we, ha we have a private lake. Like we bought a lake. And uh, uh, our house now is twice as big as the one that we sold uh, when we started out. So, you know, we, we have all this like forest and stuff around us and our kids are just so happy here. And, you know, when I wake up every morning and I get to go have coffee at my uh, kitchen table and I look out at our lake like i'm like man how can this even be possible that's if it awesome wasn't for online business? Yeah. yeah i mean congratulations you guys and again episode 122 we'll link to it to that obviously in the show notes but i wanted to bring you guys both back on to uh not only talk about what you've been up to and how you've built uh, other businesses on top of what you talked about before i mean before you had uh the coaching business and also the librarian business and then you've uh, since created a podcast um, called Flip Your Life and, and other things going on. It's just incredible what you've built. Um, but I also know that advertising has been a major part of the growth strategy. So I'd love to dive into that in any which way this takes us. So uh, Shane, why don't we start with you in terms of ad advertising, like w what made you want to do that in the first place? Or how did you even know that was the right way to go for you? Well, like we always say that when you're doing anything in online business, you only have two resources. You have time or money. And being, you know, parents with small children and, you know, we've got a lot of other things going on. We have four or five businesses that we're juggling at all times. Like we didn't think that we could grow everything if we just sat around and did it organically or even like did the podcast circuit, did the, uh, you know, YouTube circuit or whatever you do to get your name out there. Mm -hmm. So what we said was it would probably be better if we could invest money over time and just buy ads instead of kind of waiting for the audience to come to us or, you know, really hitting the ground and going out and, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. We would just <laughs> buy traffic. So that's basically what we decided to do was let's just buy traffic and let's buy as much as we can. And every time we spend a dollar and get back a dollar fifty, let's spend another dollar. And it's just really worked well. Uh, for us in our online business. So Jocelyn, in terms of the, at the start of advertising, I mean, w w did you initially think it was a good idea too, or did, did you ever have any reservations about it? 
Um, not really. I mean, I usually am the person who's sort of like pulling back the reins and whoa boy, we, we got to calm down here. <laughs> <laughs> whoa boy, me. Whoa boy. I think you did. Whoa boy. Whoa boy. Easy cheetah. Uh, that's, okay. that's a Southern saying right there. But, right. uh, yeah. So, I mean, I knew that we needed to do that to grow. So it's definitely not something that I was necessarily afraid of. It's just, I am more, um, I guess like I want things to work, make sure that they're working before we go all in. And <laughs> Shane's more like, let's just put down like $10,000. Let's spend $10,000. <laughs> on this ad I just made and I've not even tested. Jocelyn's like, whoa, stop there. Yeah, we'll get the we'll get the Woboy shirts made at some point. But yeah, um, style, the <laughs> style Woboy. Yeah, right. uh, but okay, t- walk me through like the very first ad that you created and did it work? Did it not? What was it for? The the first ads probably were for our coaching and elementary librarian side because we knew there's peak times during in the both of those industries where people are really active on the inter- internet, really engaged and really looking for uh, that information, like the back to school period, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which most places in America is August, January, back to school from Christmas. So we thought, hey, what a great chance to just double down this money and try ads like at all these teachers. So Jocelyn started running them uh, basically at her audience. Yeah, but I kind of made a mistake at the beginning because I was always running them like to a sales page. You know, yeah. I was trying to get cold audiences, people who had no idea who I was, and I'm trying to run them straight to a sales page. And if you have any experience with advertising, you know that that does not work very well. Mm. So what was the solution then? So what I decided to do instead is I've started running some ads to cold audiences for free things. So like no opt-in required. I just send them to something totally for free. Mm -hmm. And of course, there is an opportunity to opt in on the page if they want to, but they don't have to to get the content that I advertise. And at the same time, when we send any kind of traffic uh, to this page, we're pixeling them with the Facebook tracking pixel so that once they've been introduced to our brands, we can then follow up with a whole separate uh, group of ads that we call warm ads. So people who have already discovered our content, already been there, Mm -hmm. even if we don't get their email, we can go show them better ads that are more, give me your email, or even, hey, buy these products. Okay, so are you speaking about Facebook uh, kind of solely at this point? No. No? We usually, no. What we we found on Facebook, and and actually this came through um, Flip Lifestyle because you know, over the last two years, we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people personally, uh, helping them do online business. Mm-hmm. And we realized that, you know, in the online marketing space, you know, you can, if you want to start a podcast about entre- interviewing entrepreneurs, well, you can target you or Michael Hyatt or, you know, other entrepreneurs. But when we got down into some of these other niche markets, there were not personalities, there were not interests uh, where it was easy to target people. Like, take our US history teacher website. It was hard for me to find US history teachers, I could find teachers. But that was a broad group. Mm, mm-hmm. So what we figured out was, let's go to Google. We know that people are searching for these resources on, in Google. Let's cl- uh, get them to click to free content. Don't even ask for an opt-in through the search results. But then we'll pixel them and show them warm ads over on Facebook. So that kind of is what really opened the door and opened our eyes to everybody like kind of like falls into a camp. Like I like Pinterest ads. I like Facebook yeah, ads, yeah. but, but, but you can blend them together. The goal is just to get a bunch of traffic and then follow up as much as possible. And that's how we kind of built both the education businesses. And that's how we help people set up ads now. Okay. So here's a big mindset question related to advertising. If there was no follow up after that initial ad worked, would it even have been successful for you? No, probably not. Like you mean like if like say one ad, what do you say that again? Like like, uh, like there's no retargeting. It's just that initial ad going to a page 
and there's no, no that follow-up. does not work. It does not that work. That does not work. No, okay. that, well, you have to have exposure and you have to get people into your brand or they're not going to buy from you. You can't just hope for, that's why Google ads don't work all the time because people are like, oh, I got you in the search. Oh, you clicked my page. Nothing happened. But if you pixel them and you can go back to Facebook where everybody's on Facebook or everybody's on whatever, then you can follow up and they see your ad seven, eight times. They get more chances to get free content. Eventually, they're going to buy. Got it. Okay. So just to clarify the, the technical aspect of this pixeling thing, you're, you're actually using a Facebook pixel on the landing page, but yes. you're sending traffic via Google. And is that Google AdWords? It is, but you, it doesn't have to be Google. It's where does your audience search for solutions to their problems? Could where does, Pinterest. yeah, where does your audience hang out? Okay. Buy ads there to get traffic. And then we all have Facebook accounts. We, uh, even Pinterest, you can follow back up again with them in other places so that they see you over and over again. Let, let me give you an example. That'd probably be easier. Yeah, cool. So like, yeah, let's say that like I want to target U.S. history teachers because uh, they might not be searching for the word U.S. history teacher. They may not join any groups online in Facebook that say U.S. history teacher. They're just out there floating, living their life. But on Monday morning, if they have to teach about Abraham Lincoln, they probably are going to search for Abraham Lincoln worksheet, Abraham Lincoln crossword puzzle, Abraham Lincoln lesson plan, Abraham Lincoln PowerPoint. Mm. So if I go into Google AdWords and I know these history teachers are searching for, for these resources, I target them there and say, hey, click here for a free Abraham Lincoln worksheet. Click here for a free whatever. They go get it. Bam. We put the tracking pixel on them. Now we show them over uh, on Facebook. Anytime they log on, they see, hey, did you know you can get an entire year of lesson plans for free? Hey, did you know that you can get an entire Civil War unit so you never have to plan your lessons again? So that's the follow-up over and over and over again to from the search traffic where we actually bought traffic to get the uh, click to the page. I like it. it did, did you do any research in terms of, okay, these are the terms that U.S. history teachers are typing in? Because I think a lot of people would want to get into a niche and then at that point be like, oh, well, I don't know exactly what they, like how much research are you are you doing? I mean, you guys were obviously teachers. Um, so, Johnson, was there, is this just stuff you knew that they would type in or did, was there any sort of hard research before that? Um, you know, I say that we we do research at times um, for the elementary librarian niche. I mean, this is something that I had been in for a really long time. Like mm-hmm. I kind of know their calendar. For instance, Dr. Seuss's birthday is coming up. So like I would run ads to some Dr. Seuss materials. Um, the month of April is National Poetry Month. So I will run ads about poetry resources. But what she would do is you could go into the Google AdWords keyword tool. You could type in something broad like Black History Month. And then you could see all the little things that people are searching for. Uh, when we did the football website, I actually sat down one day and I, it took me like eight hours. And I found like I typed in like quarterback and then I typed in, found every word that I thought a quarterback uh, coach was looking for, like quarterback drills, throwing drills, how to grip a football, all mm-hmm. these things. Then mm-hmm. I did linemen, defensive backs, linebackers, and I found everything I could find about that. Then I bought like I call them keyword coalitions. Like I would buy ad packages targeting those words as a group. So like I would say linebacker drills, linebacker tackling drills, linebacker read drills. And that would be like how I found a linebacker coach if I had a linebacker playbook, basically. Nice. That's cool. So you're using their behavior actually to come and figure out, okay, this is a person that I'm actually targeting. And then when they come to your website, they get pixeled and then they go back to Facebook and that's where they start to see what kind of ads uh, at that point. Like, the, let's let's keep going with the the U.S. Um, actually, okay. you, you you already mentioned the U.S. history one, but like they're getting line, they're getting drills already from you 
on your website? Right. What are you serving them on Facebook? Like where's the, where's the conversion to like a product? Okay, if it was the history site, then what we would do is we would say, okay, you clicked on a Civil War worksheet. You might see, we know you're teaching the Civil War right now, right? So you can go back on Facebook and it might say, download an entire Civil War unit right now. That's 11 days of lesson plans. We give that as an opt-in. And then we know the next thing you're going to teach is Reconstruction or the Spanish American War. So I can follow up with, hey, would you like to buy the Spanish American War? Wasn't that awesome not having to work in your classroom? For football, it might be, hey, get this drill manual. So they got something for free, like five drills they can run in practice tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But then we might go say, hey, opt in for this drill clinic tape where I've actually filmed 20 drills that they can go run with their linebackers. And then we would follow up with, okay, here's the playbooks and everything you need to run this for your entire defense. Got so it. they kind so, of just expand out and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Same thing with elementary librarian. Th this is a long-term sort of situation that you're, you're creating here. It's not a just a conversion on the immediate ad that you're serving right up front. And I think that's the big thing, I, I, even for me, because I'm impatient, right? Like I want things to, to, to show me that it's going to work right away. And I think when people get on Facebook, because that's sort of the hot advertising platform and they run ads and it's not converting, it's kind of like, oh, it doesn't work for me. And I think it's right. obvious that it's going to take some thinking in terms of, okay, well, what leads to what and where can I offer value? But also you're building a relationship with those initial products that are free. Um, you might be wondering, well, why would you give that away for free? Why not ask for the sale at that point? Well, you're showing them that you have stuff that works, right? And then when you yes. ask later, then they're more likely to say yes. So that's that's awesome. Um, so Jocelyn, in, on, on the the teacher ones, how many how, how much were you spending per sort of click, I guess, is 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 the right term. Uh, you're going to be sick because it's so cheap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, the we, elementary we get away with murder. one, um, it, it's pretty good. Like, I can usually get cold clicks from around, like, 10, 11 cents. Yeah. Uh, depending on what kind of the ad it is, sometimes it's a little bit more if it's not something that people are, like, actively searching for at, at the moment. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that one is really good. And then even the retargeted traffic, like, to get opt-ins, I do pretty well on that. Um, also, so it's it's really inexpensive for that one because I just don't have a lot of competition. So I hate to say that because I don't want somebody to come and compete against me. Yeah, right. And I, I think also too, like there's the competition is an interesting word to use there because there might there's competition for everything. But when you drill down into those keywords into the keyword tool, you might find like um, you know someone searching. Go back to the history example for like Civil War lesson plan. Maybe there's a thousand searches a month, but everybody else is targeting like history lesson plans. So if you dig down in there and you can find 10 words that each have a thousand clicks a month, then all of a sudden you're not spending the $5 an ad or the something an email. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you found word. It's not, it's the words that people are, are using that you're targeting. It's not just the, I'm in this industry. Therefore I pay $10 an email. Basically. Right. Right. Where did you guys learn all this? Like, how did you figure it out? <laughs> trial and error. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I follow just a lot of different people, um, uh, just different places, and I just kind of picked up things from podcasts, from blogs, from Facebook ads. I mean, you would be surprised of all the different things you could pick up, and uh, I just sort of put all this stuff together and Created made it work. I mean, it wasn't successful immediately. We had to kind of refine it a little bit, but... Um, it's been going really well. What's interesting about the Flip Lifestyle brand that we created in the Flip Your Life community, like a lot of people come into that. And I, I don't feel like it's the traditional online marketing space because we don't have a lot of coaches. We don't have a lot of people that are focused on like, you know, the intricate parts about mm -hmm. Internet marketing and sales funnels. We get people that are, you know, teachers. We have one lady 
that teaches uh, keyboarding to worship instructors at churches. Um, we had one guy come in and he sells Venus flytraps. So like all the all the things that you learn about uh, in Facebook advertising, you know, courses, they don't apply because how do you target someone on Facebook that's likes Venus flytraps, you know? And so because of that, like we have to get creative. Yeah, you know, we have to be a little bit more resourceful. Yeah, we yeah. had to come up with this Google strategy because the Facebook targeting just was not working for some of our clients. And so we thought, well, if it's going to work for our clients, then maybe it'll work for us. And lo and behold, it was Amazing. So. That's cool. So when you started, was it the Shane approach of let's just go all in, or was it the Jocelyn kind of? Oh let's, yeah. Let's make there. Make, let's make sure this works first. Oh no! I started an ad and I was like, I just spent four hundred dollars on an ad this week. And she was like, What did you do? <laughs> and like, like, uh, okay. Like, okay. So <laughs> I just started. Yeah. But like, usually I get the ball rolling, and then I see a shiny object and start something else. And then Jocelyn comes in and figures it all out. So that's pretty much of course, how it worked here. <laughs> right. Well, that's why you guys are a perfect pair. So in terms of somebody who's listening to this and they're like, okay, um, I want to get started. I don't want to waste money while doing it, but I, I know I need to you know, spend a little bit to experiment. How much can they spend to get enough information that they can work with to, to move forward? Like what's the minimum amount I, I would, I would um, need to spend to make sure this is working or not? Okay, we have we have like a couple of things we tell people in this situation. The, the first thing that we say is don't get married to the dollar amount because the more important thing with any ad, whether it's Facebook, Google or anything, is turn it on, leave it on, make small changes at checkpoints to try to make it better. Like what we don't want people to do is, like you said earlier, try $50, turn it off, didn't work, sit there and think about it, start a new ad. You've got to be testing this stuff against each other and, in, and improving them over time. And then we do look for certain numbers of clicks and things like that. Yeah, I like to start out, uh, when I run my ads, I usually start out around $10 a day. Um, you don't have to run it forever, but just to get an idea of what you want to do. So if I'm going to run $10 a day, I'll do about six on cold traffic, people who have never heard of me. I'll do about three on warm traffic. So that's people who have hit my site but have not opted in. I always exclude people who have already opted in. That's the number of days and you're talking about? Uh, no, this is dollars. Oh, dollars. Oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah, Ten dollars yeah. a day. So, She's just breaking down like the cold ad, the hot ad, the got warm it, ad. Got basically. it, got it. So, yeah. So, if you're spending $10, I do six on cold traffic, three on warm, one on hot. So, that's people who have maybe seen my sales page, but they didn't check out. Yeah. So, if it's $100 a day, then you're spending, you know, 60, 30, 10, basically. Okay. Because it's, right, yeah. And then how long do you run them for? We just run them and, um, yeah. To so that varies. checkpoint, you know. Yeah, yeah, it varies because a lot of our things are seasonal, especially in the education fields. Mm -hmm. So we can't run them ongoing because it doesn't make sense. So what we would do is, in that case, we would switch to the next seasonal ad. And then the next year, we would have the data from the calendar like, oh, well, this worked last Black Friday, right? So now we're going to look at this data, start the ad again, but maybe we'll run a second ad beside it and change a headline, change a picture, just to see if we can improve uh, that conversion. Um, as for numbers, I mean, you've got to let you know, four or 500 people go through to even have an idea of what's going on. So we usually wait for that many clicks before we would change anything because there's, so, it's, it's, everybody gets gun shy when they start ads. They're like, Oh, I didn't, I spent $10 and I didn't make a thousand. And <laughs> I was told that I would do that. So I quit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that gets people in an endless circle. So let five or 600 people click through, let people go all the way through your autoresponder you know, like, you know, seven or eight emails, then look at those open rates and then go back and evaluate it maybe once a month or something like that. So patience is going to be an important part of this. 
Yeah, everything we do, Pat, is a long game. Like we're very much uh, marathon, not a sprint kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's why we switched over to we only sell recurring products. We only sell memberships because we want to uh, know exactly what it costs to get a customer, and then we want to know how long that customer stays. And if we have a thousand people that are staying an average of six months, and they're all spending fifty dollars, and we know it takes twenty five dollars to get a membership, then we have this amazing system of slow growth and predictability, which is like way more important to us than like huge hits all at once right, like right. Launch or something like that. Yeah. So what justifies the recurring model in your eyes instead of a course, for example, that's a one-time fee with a finite amount of information? Are you continually adding new content to these uh, recurring products every single month or, or at various times? Yes, we do. And that's the beautiful thing about the continuity model or the membership model is because we are able to continue to serve our audience. Like before, we were always trying to pull, 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 pull people in. And like, you know, it's hard because, you know, especially in the education markets, like Mm -hmm. it is a big market, but it's a small market. You know, there are only approximately 100,000 librarians in the United States. So like, you know, my pool is kind of limited, but when I have these awesome customers and I provide value for them, they will continue to pay over and over and over again. Yeah, we found it was a lot easier to keep people paying than it was to go find new people. And we go back to we're parents. We have two little kids. We focus on lifestyle. I don't want to work 90 hours a week. You know, I don't want to be launching every you know quarter. I don't want to be putting all that energy in. It's so high energy to go run one of these launches, you know, mm-hmm. manage all your affiliates and do these things. Whereas we're kind of like a glacier. We're just moving forward. We're this unstoppable force and we're just moving and moving and always getting bigger, always getting stronger because we met, let's say we have a thousand members. Maybe we lose 20. Well, that means I only have to go get 21 to grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can, and I can click a button in my reports, Pat, and it's called our future income report. And it takes in things like, you know, we know the average lifetime value of each customer, Um, It looks at all the days of the year. It looks at all these different components and it can predict six months out pretty much within five or 10 percent what we're going to make. That is so much more powerful than I hope the next launch is bigger than the last one because we can use that data to hire people, to buy more ads, to do whatever we want. So for us, it's just been such a better way to run business. It's really helped us with our with our stress of are we going to make money next month? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just nice to know that you've got that coming in and it's passive in a lot of way because uh, you have all this content and if you're smart, you make it as evergreen as possible. So even when new people come in, they've got a lot of stuff. You don't have to create things every day. Maybe once a month we add a piece of content or something like that. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, in terms of ads, you know, you had mentioned Google to start out with, uh, which is great because I know a lot of people, Facebook might not be the answer. Are there any other ad platforms you guys are utilizing? And um, you had mentioned Pinterest. Uh, what about what about Twitter? Um, I have tried Pinterest um, with some success. I've actually had about as much success with um, like repinning to the top where I use a plugin. It's called uh, Viral Tag, I think. And it continuously pins content back up to the top. I've actually had an equal amount of success on Pinterest with paid ads. So as of right now, I'm not doing any paid ads on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, Twitter, we had tried in the past and actually had had some success. Um, at the time we recorded last time, I liked Twitter's targeting better than Facebook ad targeting. And then Facebook got really good. Yeah, and then Facebook improved a lot. And so that's why we've been primarily sticking with that. And, and also, too, this kind of goes back to like, picking your magic sauce. You know what I mean? Like 
you you can't do everything. You can't have Twitter ads and Facebook ads and Google ads. You can, but you got to hire more people, create more complexity. Right, right. And, and there's just so much to do. Like, you know, we've got a nail that hammers really good when, with, with these Google and these Facebook ads. So why add more ads until this dries up? So we're kind of like on the wave. And if this wave dies, we'll jump on another wave right now. Nice, nice. That makes sense. I'm, I'm curious, and I'm pretty sure some of the people in the audience are curious too in terms of the husband and wife dynamic, both working on their own uh, online businesses, obviously working on uh, Flip Lifestyle together as well. Like, Take us through a normal day, if there is a normal day uh, for, for you. Maybe I'll start with Jocelyn, then I'll let Shane, you, you can come in afterwards. Okay. This is dangerous, Pat. Yeah, I know. It's, dangerous, I know. it's dangerous giving the wife the, the mic first. I'm just No, saying. always ladies first. That's true. Well, That's true. you know, I always say to people that usually we bring out the best in each other, but occasionally we bring out the worst. <laughs> That's so true. Right. But um, it's yeah. happened at least twice today. I'm just saying. Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> a typical day would be all right. So during the school year, we get our children up. We usually wake up around um, usually about six thirty ish. Everybody has their miracle morning. I say it's a miracle if we get everybody out of bed. And it's a miracle if we make time. it to school on time in the morning. <laughs> That's our miracle morning. <laughs> so uh, we're not big like early risers, really. But we get up around six thirty. Uh, we get our children ready for school. We get them out the door. We usually drop them off about seven forty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, some days we go to the gym right away and. Some some days we come home. It just depends on what our workout schedule looks like that week. But if we don't go to the gym, I usually come home. I have a desk treadmill, it's called. So I will actually work on the treadmill. So it has like a surface you can set a keyboard on. Mm-hmm. And um, I will a lot of times answer our um Flip Your Life community post. We have like a community forum. And so I usually spend about an hour in there each morning. And then what we do is, so, so we kind of like, it's kind of like we like break up for an hour and a half every morning. We just split and go our different ways. I go and work on my thing. We clear our inboxes. We get all of our stuff done. So like if I've got some fires to put out for, you know, one of the businesses that I'm most heavily involved in, mm-hmm. Jocelyn's managing elementary librarian, usually around 1030, we come back together and we work on flipped lifestyle till usually about like one or one thirty. Um, lunch is somewhere in there. And then after that, usually we're kind of like, ramping down because we like to get a little rest before the kids get off the bus. Yeah. So we kind of slow down, kind of do something fun, uh, take a nap. I like to take naps, Pat. I just love Yeah, naps. Shane takes a lot more naps I take than a nap I do. every single time. <laughs> you know why? Because I couldn't take a nap for like 13 years. So I, d- I do now. I understand. And, uh, yeah. And then we go pick the kids up off the bus and then it's just like a mad dash of basketball and dance and, you know, going to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or Mr. Getty's or whatever. And then trying to get them all down for bed. And then usually after that is we kind of just wind down in the evenings and do our own thing. We're together so much. People laugh because we'll go to like live events and like we won't ever be together at the live event. We'll just be like doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. And then we'll come together for dinner or something. And people are like, why aren't you together? And I'm like, we're together every day, (laughs) every minute of every day. And it's wonderful. It's great. (laughs) So like in the evening, Jocelyn has some TV shows. I like to, you know, watch mine. So we just kind of chill out and relax. Ah, that's cool. I love it, man. I'm, it's just so crazy to hear the, you know, because I've been with you guys since the beginning and uh, it's just it's just really cool to see what you guys have built together. And so I'm, I'm curious, like, what are your what are your plans from this point forward? Like, at what point does passive income become just let's make it mostly passive and work on, you know, I don't know. Is there any sort of uh, bigger ticket items on your on your list of things to do or kind of what's the what's the plan moving forward, if you don't mind sharing? You know, I think that our 
our biggest plan is to, to, like you said, just continue growing what we've got. Um, we've, we've got plans and we all have monetary goals and things like that, but our goal is to make it as passive as possible, pull back, uh, you know, give as much out as many hours back to each other and our kids as we can. Mm. Um, one of my big focuses this year is our kids have launched their own YouTube channel. So I want to be able to have time to put into that. So, That's cool. you know, if we can just keep growing all the passive stuff, make that happen, the money is coming. That's fine. We can make the money, but I want to make the most of our time, not just make the money. Yeah. And I would say that one of the, one of our strategies for this year is what I call layering. So basically what that means is that we're trying to figure out layers of ways to sell things that we already have that maybe we haven't already tapped into yet. For example, um, there's a third party marketplace for teachers. It's called teachers pay teachers. I'm going to put some of my materials on there, not all of them, but I'm just going to put some of them on there so that I can not only sell more, but I can also get more exposure. I'm going to put some type of uh, link back to my website in there mm. in hopes that people who might not have seen my website will then find me through Teachers Pay So Teachers. the equivalent of this in like the online space would be you sell courses, but you're going to take some of those courses to Udemy sure. or Kajabi or something like that. Just Just leave more breadcrumbs back to what we've already created. So we build more passive income. We build more, you know, like trails into our business and it keeps growing. But at the same time, we can we can focus on other things. Yeah, it's like for Flip Lifestyle, we're going to open up a more passive level. So right now, like we work with our clients pretty much one on one, but that's only scalable so far. Right. So one of the things that we're going to do is open up a more passive level so that people can use our content, but we don't necessarily work with them on a one on one basis. And, and, and a big thing to us, Pat, and like this, this is something that we struggle with when we look at like the online community sometime of entrepreneurs is. You know, I think there's this dangerous mindset that people get into of endless growth, whereas we try to start everything with contentment. Like we're really happy where we are. We're, we're really comfortable. We're really content. Like, yeah, could we grow to $50 million doing something? Sure. But at what cost? How many right. people would we have to hire? What kind of complexities would we have to add to our life to do that? And I think we're more like slow, gradual growth and continue to move forward. But we just we don't want to grow beyond a certain point right now because we're really happy. So why not just stay here and be happy? I love that. I love that. And the last thing I actually now now that you were talking about that and going back to your kids talking about the YouTube channel, I'm curious, like how how old are the kids and like what what like what's exciting about the YouTube channel? So Isaac is eight and Anna is six. And so far, what we have done is mostly travel stuff. So, like, we went to Legoland. We sea went World, to cool. SeaWorld. Disney, yeah. places so like that. It's been a lot of just kind of behind the scenes of what we do, just like in our day-to-day -day life. But this was all kind of prompted by Isaac because Isaac is a, you know, he's a YouTube fanatic. And, like, his goal in life is to be able to create games that other kids play online. So, like, uh, you know, so he wants to be in that YouTube space because he's there all the time. So, like, we want to, like let them game, do game videos. Anna Joe wants to open toys, you know, right now it's just expose them, get them involved, yeah, uh, yeah. let them do whatever they want and just kind of see where it takes them. But along the way, if they can learn how to edit videos, learn how to build a WordPress website, learn how to do whatever, they're just going to be light years ahead. And I hope that they know at 28 what it took me to 38 to figure out because then their life is just going to you know, be that much better. So mm -hmm. that's kind of our mentality with that going forward. We actually uh, launched a couple of videos and they got like three or 4,000 views of right away, like their travel videos. That's like cool. Kids are like liking them and commenting them. And 
So it's really, really uh, been a good thing right now. That's awesome. Yeah, my, uh, my son Keone started a YouTube channel too, and we were just playing Pokemon because that's what he's interested in. He wants to play board games and film that and just kind of teach other people how to play those board games oh, too. Oh, yeah. And it's the same oh, yeah. thing, just just putting him in that world because he wants to be there and, 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 and not doing everything for him. Like, yes, we had a three camera setup and all that, all that stuff, but that was, that was me. The other, the other part of it is he's, he's in there and he's watching me edit it and he's almost at that age where he can start to do those things himself, but he's directing it. He's telling me what to do and just giving him the ideas in his head now and, and telling him that he has all these options in the world to do whatever he wants and, and to just roll with it. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. Well, we uh, we just we play Roblox. I don't know if you play that yet. Oh yeah. Which yep. which mm -hmm. some people have a bad rap of that game, but we play with them. We watch them. It's all good. And but Roblox has a thing called Roblox Studio. Okay. And they can actually go into Roblox and design their own game. So Isaac actually made a shooter game. I put Camtasia on his computer. He recorded himself playing it, and he saw like random people go to this game and play it. And he flipped out. It was the most amazing, like, aha moment I've ever seen because it was my eight-year-old going, you mean I can create content and people will come use it? Yeah. 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 It it's so awesome, too, because, like, the, they'll see that, like, 13 people have viewed it. And they'll be like, 13, 13 people, people. I can't it. believe it. Like, if you could harness that and give it to everyone who gets frustrated in online business, dude, be like, right? dude. Look at this kid. He's excited about 13 <laughs> people. So should you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice little humbling experience for us, too, because we see that and we're like, you know, these these are actual people. I mean, these are people behind these eyeballs that are consuming your content. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty right. awesome. And we forget sometimes when we're so deep in the advertising and the numbers and the tracking and the email lists and stuff. I think that's a great lesson and probably a great note to finish off on. And it's just to remember there, there those, those numbers all represent people, right? Those are human beings. Right. And to, to, to keep in mind just serving them, the more will happen to you. Guys, this has been awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. And, and this, I feel like this is like a little mini reunion show because uh, we, we actually haven't <laughs> right. we, we actually haven't chatted in, uh, in quite a while since podcast movement last year. And, you know, that's I just right. uh, want to keep the uh, good vibes going and, and wish you all the best. And uh, can't wait to invite you on for a third time to see, uh, you know, how, how everything is going. But thank you guys again. Where can people or where should people go to uh, get more info about what you guys are up to? Um, if you want to check out what we're doing, you can head over to flippedlifestyle.com. That's F-L-I-P-P-E-D lifestyle.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at flippedls. And I got one more thing, Pat, that I got to drop in here. And okay. I'm totally not going to make a sales pitch. Uh, I just listened. Uh, I just met a guy at a Funnel Hacking Live. We went to Dallas to Russell Brunson's event. Mm -hmm. And I, I met a guy named Jason Brown who I think you just had on your podcast. He was on the show, yeah. He was the one, for those of you who might remember, uh, the Brown Report, he was doing the uh, beginner stock market stuff. That's right, man. So I, Jason Brown comes up to me with like, like he just hugs me just <laughs> randomly. He didn't even say hi. <laughs> he goes, man, Shane Sams, Jocelyn Sams, man. I'm like, hey, I'm like, hey, stranger, what are, what are you doing? And he's like, he goes, dude, he goes, I was about to give up and I heard your interview on Smart Passive Income. I went and showed my wife and we went forward, man. And I just built my, you know, crazy business. And if I hadn't have heard you and Pat in that interview, I wouldn't have done it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's like, so cool. That's like Akuna Matata, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, so like I, I, I told Jason, I said, all right, dude, I said, we're talking to Pat in two in a, in a week. I'm going to mention you on his show. You're getting double props. Yeah, he is. So, 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 so that's what I said. I just had to bring that up because I was like, man, if, if I had never found you and you had never had us on and he 
had never heard that. He would not have started. And who knows who he's going to inspire. So, dude, thanks yeah, for keeping all this going, man. Dude, that's awesome. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Jason, I know you're listening to this. Uh, you rock, man. Thank you. And we'll definitely hook you up with that extra link on the blog and on the show notes there you go. as that's a result. So, uh, man, guys, thank you, thank you for telling me that story. It's always a pleasure to speak to you both. Keep up the great work. Thank you for inspiring uh, me and the rest of the community. And we'll talk soon. Thank all right, you see so you much. Thanks. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Shane and Jocelyn, two of my favorite people. They just, they're so down to earth. And you can tell they're from Kentucky, right, from their voice, but they're just, they have such a big heart. And so I'm, I'm very thankful to feature them here again and to offer flippedlifestyle.com for you to check out at some point in the near future so you can learn more from them as well. And I just, uh, I'm excited to start implementing some of their strategies too. So great stuff, Shane. Jocelyn, thank you so much. Can't wait to catch up with you in the future. And all of you who are listening in today, just appreciate you so much. If you have a moment to head on over to iTunes and leave a review for the Smart Passive Income podcast, just type in Pat Flynn or Smart Passive Income in the uh, search bar there. And it would be really helpful for the show, for me. And I get really inspired when I read them. I have a tool that allows me to get all of the reviews coming into my uh, my inbox. That's called mypodcastreviews.com. Uh, it's great. If you're a podcaster, you should check it out. Anyway, that's not a paid ad. It's just a really cool tool. Um, but anyway, just thank you guys so much. I look forward to serving you next week where we bring back a topic that we've talked about in the past. Actually, it was from episode 99. That's a little hint. And uh, we get a little bit deeper into that. And I actually run some of those experiments myself too. So I'll just leave it at that. So you can come back, make sure you subscribe so you can get that right into your device next week. And I look forward to serving you then. Until then, keep moving forward, keep pushing yourself, keep getting like a little bit nervous, right? If you're getting a little bit nervous about where you're going, that's great. It means you're pushing yourself you know, to the right extent. Um, if you are working at, uh, if you're working or building your business and you're not a little nervous, well, maybe it just means you're not going big enough. Think about that. All right, guys, take care and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.